to the Economy Guy. This is Tom Harvey. I give you information and facts and some of my personal opinions on what's going on in the world economy today. Occasionally I'll go off on a little sidetrack, but I can assure you those sidetracks have important economic impacts on what's happening and what's happening with your money. I want you to have the ability to make great financial decisions and informed financial decisions. That's the purpose of today's and every day's podcast. Sunday, the 2nd of August, and this is the Economy Guy coming to you with last week's news and uh, an idea of what's coming up in the future. Today, I'm going to be uh, hitting the markets, uh, gold in particular. I'm going to be talking about the news, which is kind of interesting stuff throughout the thing. I'm going to give you a special on what is big tech or small tech doing with your data. And here's some stuff that you don't know about. So I'm going to act. That'll be kind of news. And I have a special on Europe, a big uh, major special analysis of what's going on in Europe compared to the United States. So stay tuned. This is going to be a lot of fun. I promise you that. So let's start with the markets. Well, the markets went sideways as usual. You know, stocks went sideways, bonds went sideways, except gold and silver. Gold started the week at 1901. It ended up at 1976 or 78. It's up there. It's nice. That's the spot price. It The uh, futures price uh, actually hit 2000. <clears throat> uh, so where do I expect it to go? I expect it to keep going up. There's no reason not to. I think the spot price will test 2000. Will it go through it? Hey, round numbers like every hundred is a natural barrier. So it may bounce against it and then go through it. We'll see. Kind of interesting. But wow, what a week for gold. Goldman Sachs. What a nice name you have. Your name is Goldman. Goldman Sachs has projected that gold will go to $2,300 an ounce this year. Uh, that's a heck of a prediction. and Everybody would have laughed if they had said that in January. Well, Gold was up a lot this week, and it continues to go up, but the dollar was down. See, the dollar's down about 10% since March. And uh, if the dollar's down, gold goes up accordingly. So actually, is gold going up because the dollar's going down? I think there's a that's a big part of it. We have a weaker dollar going on, and we'll talk more about that in the future. See, gold's up uh, 23% for the year, and it's only just started. So it's going to be quite a, a mover this year. And, uh, oh, the key point about gold is, remember the highest price ever, ever, was $1,920? Well, it crashed right through 1920. Didn't even know what was going on. Like I said, it's closer to 1980 right now. So let's talk about... Other things in the future, I'm going to hit the, uh, I think I'll do the tech next, because it's just an interesting topic. I'm going to hit high tech and what, what that data is doing for you. That, let's do that, and then we'll do the news after that, and then we'll do Europe. Be talking to you in a second. Okay, let's hit it back and talk about tech. I'm going to talk about what is going on with uh, people when you're using your computer, but more importantly, when you're using your smartphone. 
There's a lot of data collected by a lot of companies that you've never heard of, and I'm going to give you some detailed information on how that's being used. This is all the new world of artificial intelligence. All this data is big data, lots of data being analyzed and used for your benefit, question mark, or for someone else's benefit, question mark. Let's talk about uh, uh, companies. I'll give you company names here. The uh, How about uh, CoreLogic? or TransUnion, the, uh, there's the service they provide to landlords that say uh, predict whether you as a renter will uh, be paying your rent on time or even if you're able to absorb a rent increase. That's pretty valuable service for their landlord. There's a company called HireVue, which comes up with an employability score for you. And, and it uses facial recognition and your voice analysis. A voice. Did you know that how you talk is important? It apparently is. There's a company called Cornerstone, which uh, does job projections and um, where it based on where you live, and even what browser you use. Did you? Can you guess on how important it is what browser you use on based on your hireability? How about Retail Equation? There's a company. It predicts uh, if you can, uh, if you're going to commit fraud as a retail person buying things when you return goods. So it predicts if you're going to be a fraudulent user. Wow, that's kind of interesting. And another company called Sift because it comes up with. Consumer trustworthiness. Oh, that's a good word. Trustworthiness. You get... Uh, if you do are not trustworthy and you call customer service, <clears throat> you're going to be put on hold a longer period of time if that company uses SIFT. Uh, that's interesting, I think. So they treat you badly if you're not good. We know and insurance companies, I mean, medical insurance companies are looking at your uh, prescription refill records. They want to know how good a patient you are when they quote you a price for your uh, medical insurance. And we know auto insurance companies based on your driving record, but it's not only your driving record, it's how you drive. How fast do you go? Where do you go? How much do you drive? Da, 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 da. All that's on your phone. Did you know that? It's amazing. That's it for that's I now did you find that interesting? I found it fascinating, but who knows that all that stuff exists out there? Services that you can have. We're not too far. In fact, we're right on the cusp of having all of that stuff integrated into a single, a single major data source that you go to for all of that rather than a bunch of separate companies. But right now it, it are just separate companies making money. So think about that. It's uh, rather scary, the amount of free data you give away. You're the person doing it. Okay, stay tuned. I'm going to keep coming back with the uh, kind of the rat-a-tat news coming up. Bye now. Let's start hitting the news. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Here's one that uh, I question, but Barron's, that's a business place, bank magazine, has said that uh, house prices are going to fall by 6% by the end of the year. Now, I am from Missouri when it comes to this. I haven't seen the data that prove it myself. I'm going to have to wait and see this, because it is not clear to me that's going to happen. 
because the housing market is red hot right now and the prices are going up. So that's kind of weird. Uh, but hey, that's what they said. What do they know? I don't know. Ah, oh, let's see. Um, did you know that renters can now be evicted legally and it's starting right now? So mm, that's watch that spot. That's going to be an interesting one. That could put downward pressure on rental prices. Uh, Tesla has announced it's going to build a $1.1 billion factory in Austin, Texas. So that's great for Austin. That's going to be a big housing demand, jobs, a lot of stuff going on there. Remember that $600 a week uh, PUA program? Well, it just stopped this week. It's $0 next week. The government's supposed to be coming out with a replacement, but it hasn't. So next week, there will not be a check for those people. That should be uh, kind of shattering to the economy, I think, this coming week. I predict that's happening, no matter what the government does, because they're slow at doing it. And when they do have a replacement, it's going to be either $600 or less money for the people. Bunch of banks in Europe are having a little, some trouble out there right now. Deutsche Bank and Barclays Bank in the UK and Banco Santander in Spain. Uh, Banco Santander is the first time they've had a loss. They are a profitable bank, but no longer. Incidentally, why do I talk about that? Because when banks go bad, uh, people lose money. So it's important to keep your eye on how healthy banks are. Remember, they're holding your money, and it's your... Uh, lending it to them. That's a legally true statement. Okay, here's an interesting one. Eastman Kodak. You know that company that made film, Eastman Kodak? Well, they've got a huge contract from the U.S. government to start making drugs. Yeah, that's not that great. Because the government wants the United States to be making its own drugs rather than have them overseas. It's kind of a lesson learned from this virus. I'm only concerned is, is it going to be taking a picture of you while you're taking your drugs? What's it? What, Eastman Kodak? Huh? What, this company must have changed. Holy cow. Oh, the big economic news this last week was that the GDP in the United States fell 33%, 32.9, in the second quarter, year over year. That's the biggest fall ever, ever, ever big red flag in the United States. We've all known that. It's not a big surprise that it fell. The number's an official number now. Here's the thing I want you to think about. If the economy fell by one-third, that's 33%, how much does it have to rise to get back to where it was? The answer is 50%. 33% down, 50% up, and this is now real life. Uh... So think about that a little while. Woo! Golly whiz. Um, there is a uh, measure out there called DXY. It is a measure of the dollar value. It's a comparison of the dollar to all, a bunch of basket of other currencies, important currencies around the globe. And it is uh, now less than 94. In fact, it was a low on Thursday. was 92.8. Came up a little bit on Friday. We have a falling dollar in value. That's what's going on. It's one of the reasons gold is uh, red hot right now. Uh, but don't get too excited about that. Watch this spot. It's an important thing to watch, DXY. But um, it has been as low as 74 before. So being down 92 is not a big deal. But 
it does change the world we live in, most definitely. Stay tuned, and I'll continue with uh, more of these hot news items. going on. Home ownership in the United States during the virus, the five months of the virus, has moved from 65% to 68%. That is an earth-shattering move. I mean, it doesn't seem like a big change, but it is massive when you took it look, look at the number of homes being built. That's true across all peoples. So it doesn't matter what race, color, or creed you are, you are own, more people are owning homes. And what that means is that people are coming out of rentals. It's like a teeter-totter. If you own homes, you have less rentals. If you have more rentals, you have less homes. Remember back in the 2006 thing when people were dumping homes, well, rentals became really hot. So I would expect there, because of this, the uh, rental market will be uh, kind of soft. I do believe that. Hey, here's an education lesson for you. This is a fun one. We use the term recession. Are we in a recession? I don't think we're in a recession. I would declare we're in a depression. That's what I keep saying. But recession was a made-up word after World War II so that they did not have to use the word depression because depression was so bad in the 30s, they didn't want to use it again, no matter how bad it was. So they created a new word, recession. Here's the lesson for today. Depression was a made-up word in the 30s because they didn't want to use the word that was used before that. Yeah, because they did have depressions and before 1930s. What did they call them? They called them panics. They didn't want to call it a panic, so they created depression. Didn't want to call it depression, so they called it recession. I wonder what the next name's going to be. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, a little bit of international news is fun. Poland, uh, who had an, an election recently, a nationalist party, is uh, going to withdraw from the EU Treaty on Violence Against Women. That doesn't sound good for women, does it? But apparently there's some clauses in there that the Poles don't like, so they're pulling out, and that's not good for the EU. Less solidarity for the EU, right? It's a small thing, but it's true. Here's a more important story. It's about Italy. You see, there's a uh, the Five Star Movement Party in Italy, which has kind of created the big changes that happened even though they're not in power right now, um, they are reviving something called Ital Exit, which is Italy leaving the EU, exiting like Brexit, Ital Exit. Uh, what, what is their motive? What are they saying? They are their quote. Their quote is, "Hey, people were better off before they joined the EU. So why not? Why not leave? Get back to the good old days?" Is what they're saying. Well, it's not a major movement. There's only 7% of Italians kind of agree with that today. Uh, part of that is the, uh, the current uh, Prime Minister, Conti, is uh, during the virus. So what did he do? He had to actually solve the problem. So where did he go? He didn't go to the EU. EU was kind of useless during the virus. He went to Russia and China to get uh, virus help which they weren't very helpful for, but that's where he went. 
I mean, it's big to say he went there rather than the EU, I think. So, Salvini, who is the most popular politician in Italy today, he uh, is the leader of a nationalist party in Italy called Lega, L-E-G-A. Uh, he is kind of moderate on the EU, he, so he's kind of pro-EU, and that's where he stands right now, so that's where Italy is today. And here's the fun part. The mayor of Verona, now, my wife and I love to go to Verona. It is a fabulous city to visit. Maybe not during the virus, but certainly when there's non-virus, Verona's great, great city. And uh, the mayor of Verona has created a petition to leave the EU. So this movement is possibly growing slowly. Now, the process for Italy to leave is excruciatingly complex. If you think you understand the government, you understand nothing until you understand how the Italians work. So it would take forever for them to leave. There's about 15 hurdles for them to go through. That's it for right now. I'll be back talking about... I'll be talking about Europe next. Folks, now I'd like to get on to our comparison of what's going on between Europe and the United States. You see, the experience that we both have had with the virus, social distancing, wearing masks, all of that stuff, is pretty in common. It's about the same. If you drop yourself in either spot, it would look the same, more or less. But the economic impacts are very different between Europe and the United States. So first I'd like to kind of review where we are in the United States and then move into Europe. Talk about that. So... 30 million people in the United States were receiving the $600 per week PUA program. Uh, that adds up, for those of you that like to do the math, $216 billion was given to those people over a three-month period. A billion here, a billion there. We're talking about some real money. It just stopped dead this last week. Next week, it won't be there. Now, let's talk about those people that were receiving it. You see, 68% of those 30 million people were making more money with that $600 a week than without it. In fact, how much more on average, on the median, was making 34% more. That's a 34% raise from what they were getting before. So they were really happy, and that means that today they're really unhappy. The government... Uh, is trying to come out with a new program, maybe extend the 600 a while or reduce it or do something, but there's got to be a major political compromise. That's hard to do for our political uh, people today, especially in an election year. So God bless them. They're doing their best. That's why we elected them. But probably there's less money coming in the future. Somehow that's going to decrease. What does that mean? That means consumer spending is going to go down as less money is coming because the people who receive this six, 600 bucks a week were spending it. They were spending their money. So if they get less, they'll be spending less. And it means that the recovery coming back to the good old days is going to take a lot longer. It's going to take years, not months, years. So not even next year, the year after maybe we'll get back to the economy. Why? 
Well, by the end of this year, we should have 100,000 small businesses have gone will have gone back bankrupt. That's little mom-and-pop shops, whatever. You see them all around you if you look. This is bad news. If you remember uh, last week, I talked about everything's going to get repriced. Well, having 100,000 companies go bankrupt is a major repricing. It's a big piece of that. Yeah, I mean, their shops will be available, right? That rents will go down because people want to fill the shops. They won't be providing services. Demand will still be there. Where is the demand going to go? It's going to be different. That's going to change prices for demand. All that's happening. That's called major repricing. It's how our market works. So that's the United States. So hang on. I'll be right back and we'll start talking about Europe and put Europe in perspective compared to this United States. Onward with Europe. What's going on in Europe? Well, a little history first. A united Europe has been a dream since the world end of World War II. Because Europe has been 2,000 years of conflict. War, 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 war. I remember translating Caesar. He, all of Gaul, is divided into three people. You remember that? Anybody of you, any guy studied Latin? Well, he was kicking ass then, you know, a long time ago in Europe. And uh, so that's Europe. I mean, that, that it really is. But having peace is even more important. Well, the problem with a united Europe is that there are different languages, there's different cultures, there's different geography. So how does Europe create a consistent economic policy and have national autonomy? In other words, maintain those differences. Well, the European Union was an attempt at that. A flawed attempt, but an attempt. The euro was also an attempt at that, bringing it together. Both of those things were an attempt. But they were flawed, because without central authority and the taxing authority centrally located, it just wouldn't work, doesn't work, and won't work. That's Europe today, or actually before the virus. We're talking before the virus. And that's also one reason why the UK decided to leave. All of that. So, what's happened with the virus? Well, initially, breakup talks, getting breaking up the EU, though that talk started to increase. There was more muttering of people who were unhappy with the EU. You see, the nations started closing their borders. They didn't want people crossing in. They didn't want the virus coming to them. They closed the borders. Well, when it, my wife and I lived in Europe, that's when the Schengen Agreement came in. Oh, and there was open borders. You could drive. For the first time, you could drive across national borders. It was fabulous. Fabulous to be able to do that. And then to shut them down again, shocking for those who live in Europe. Not good. Also, nations started to hoard their medical supplies and not share them. So that made people think about, well, is the EU really working here? Then after that, about two months ago, with uh, exports being threatened, less trade, less exports. Well, Europe thrives on exports. The big nations who make, build things, as Germany and France, sell those things to the other European nations. That's all internal to Europe. <sighs> yes. Well, 
that flexibility of having borders open and everything worked for Germany and France. And this virus crisis, with the threat to breaking up and the threat to exports, brought Germany and France together. So that's Macron and Merkel got together. And that they, need, they needed to do something to shore up this mess that they had. So they created this 750 billion euro loan and grant program I talked about last week. And, uh, and that puts that loan pro program into suspense. They have seen the importance of that because their economies are threatened due to the virus and the exit talks. They needed to shore that up. They've done a great job shoring it up, actually. You see, uh, you see, now that th that's happened, the uh, exit talks are dampening down. They are. I mean, they're kind of going away right now in throughout Europe. There's still a little bit in Italy. We talked about that. But it's still there. So it's much less in Italy and Spain, where it was, and also in Eastern Europe. They're talking about it, but it's less. It's going down. So they've actually done politically of an amazingly good job. Let's hear it for them. I'll be right back to talk about what does all that mean to everyone else, to especially across the globe. What does all that mean to the U.S. and Europe? What is, I mean, there, that was a lot of background, but what does it mean from a financial and economic viewpoint, from an investment viewpoint? What does all that mean? Well, it, what it means is that it appears that Europe is going to get back to its new normal, though well, nobody will get back to normal, pre-virus. We're going to go to, into a new normal, a repriced world. Faster, they'll get there faster than the United States. It appears that that's happening, and that's the groundwork that's been set today. Things could change, but that's what it looks like today. They are going to recover faster than the United States. Remember, the United States' GDP fell 33% by a third the second quarter. The Europe didn't. It fell in more in the 20s, somewhere in the 20s percent. Fell a lot less. Has less to come back to. Um, the best estimates that I've seen doing some research here, it shows that the Europe is going to grow in GDP faster <clears throat> than the United States in 2021 by 1.6%. 1.6% faster in GDP growth in Europe than the United States. What does that mean? I mean, well, hey, if that's true, what that means is the euro is going to be stronger than the dollar. That's what it means. And we're starting to see that. We're seeing the, seeing the dollar start to fall down very quickly, in fact. Kind of scary how fast that happened in a couple of week period of time. You see, the uh, the dollar, if you look at the, a chart over long years of, of the dollar, it, it, it kind of varied uh, typically between one to one, a dollar is equal to euro, that's a strong dollar, to what it is today, a dollar 18 buys one euro. So that's a big devaluation of the dollar or a big increase in value of the euro. It means... The U.S. can export to Europe easier because things will be cheaper for the Europeans to buy. American goods will. European goods will be more expensive for Americans to buy. It works both ways. This is a two-edged sword, and this is a perfect example of two edges. Gold will gain in that environment. 
as a dollar falls, <clears throat> gold will go up simply because the dollar is falling in value. But also that environment of not of people printing a lot of money is going to push gold up in both euro terms and gold and dollar terms. That's happening. So that's that's what all that means. There's going to be a repricing. That repricing is continuing. We're going to see it in lots of ways, but this is the way between Europe and the United States, it's going to happen. Now, will we ever uh, get back and reverse this trend? Possibly. But we have to get to the point where it is safe to travel. When it is safe to travel and uh, Americans and Europeans go on their vacations and travel everywhere safely, they feel confident about getting on an airplane, then some of those trends I'm talking about will reverse. But we're talking about years from now, not next year, not 2022, maybe 2023 to really come back. We'll slowly be coming back starting now, but it's slow. That's it for the economy guy for this week. I look forward to another fabulous week coming up. I mean, I'm just so excited about watching things change. The re, the great repricing gold is going to go higher. I think, I mean, it surprises me what's going on with gold. It's shocking how fast it's moved. But hey, your the trend is your friend. It's going up. Stay with it. I'm not giving you any investment advice here. I'm just saying, here's what I think is going to happen. Okay. Be talking to you next week, guys. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. This is Tom Harvey, and I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. So understand that nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by listeners.